Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shalom, Leontine, and Shavua Tov. Hello, Ellen. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of mm-hmm. Yalla Israel. There we are. A good week to you, A good by week the way. to you. Yes. So this, this week, I don't know about you, but I hope you're, we're already thinking about closing our windows and doors, sealing up the apartment, because yeah. it's Lag Omer. It's the middle of the counting of, of the Omer, you know, in, in uh, Jewish custom, uh, as soon as we have the Passover Seder. Uh, we start counting what we say is the Omer. Some say we're counting uh, 49 days uh, from the harvest of the barley until we harvest wheat, which is the holiday of Shavuot. Or Shavuot. For, mm-hmm. for Christians, it's Pentecost. They're counting 50 days from the from the ascension, from the um, crucifixion, resurrection. resurrection of resurrection. Jesus until the ascension of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... Um, in the middle of the Omer, and some people say we're counting until the receiving of the Torah or the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt. So either way, uh, we're in that mo- that that period of counting. And in the middle, we take a little pause with Lagba Omer. It's a day when the young boys go and get haircuts after the, when they're three years old. And there's a lot of traditions, but one of the traditions is bonfires. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> while it's beautiful and fun for the kids, it's... Uh, it's not so nice for your apartments when all around you, surrounding you, are these bonfires and smoke. Because they throw anything in the fire, not uh, just wood. Right. All, all of last week, I've been watching these kids go on a hunt. You know, we don't have a lot of wood no. in Israel. So they go hunting in every construction site for the leftover scraps of wood. And plastic. And, and plastic, <laughs> yes. Exactly. But they, and they, they go around in their little... Uh, shopping carts and wagons carrying their wood off to their site where they're going to have their bonfire. So close up your your windows um, and get ready because here comes Lagwa Omer. Right, right. You know, I, a long time ago when we didn't live here yet, we were here on vacation and we were staying in Tiberias, the city of Tiberias. And in Europe, you don't have Lagba Omer. There's no nothing, uh, no bonfires, no nothing. So well, then we started to see all those fires all around us in the in in Tiberias, and we we didn't know what was going on really. So uh, it's true when you come here and you don't know what is this do this is thing, then uh, it's very surprising. Um, some of those bonfires end up being fires, eh, by the way. Yeah, they got the yeah. cities, the municipalities around Israel have gotten very strict with uh, where and when and how you can have your uh, fire. Mm. Now I think they're pretty much set designated areas and they have fire trucks uh, on the ready. Um, but it's gotten more and more restricted since I've been here over the course of the eight, nine years I've been here. Um, it's gone from a free for all to a little bit, of, you know, for, for Israel, when we say there's order, that's, that, that's saying a lot Yeah, 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 yeah. in a place where there's a lot of disorder. You know, we always say it's better to ask for, 
uh, forgiveness than to ask for permission. And that's what they do with these bonfires. But I think they, the last couple of years, they've been very strict. Um, and we have a place right behind us, the Moon Grove, you know, the, yeah, uh, of course. So that's one of the areas where they allow the bonfires. So you can walk up there and see dozens of uh, bonfires. So do you bring your dogs? I do. I walk ah. up there. I take the dogs for a walk. I go see the fires. I, I, the dogs don't care. They don't know. Uh, they love it. They're amazed yeah. by the fire and we kind of see it, check it out and go home. Okay. To our okay. They're very special uh, dog that uh, loves fire. That's interesting. They're, they are interesting dogs anyway. Yeah. So how was your, your week? Anything uh, great leading up to yeah, Log Yeah, yeah, My week was good. Um, I, you know, very often when I visit the old city with uh, clients, they want to see a synagogue. And of course, most of the times I take them to, like everybody else, to the Chorva synagogue which is a big synagogue right in the middle of the Jewish quarter. But this time I felt uh, doing something else. So I, I took them to the Sephardic synagogues, the four Sephardic synagogues, where I hadn't been for a long, long, long time. And so I thought maybe we can do, uh, we'll do a podcast about those four synagogues. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. A good idea. And one of the things that, uh, that I, the, the, that I discovered while I was there, and I don't think that we learned this in the course, is that the entrance door of the first synagogue, plus um, one of the, the panels that is um, the, the Aaron Kodesh, the, the holy cupboard, <laughs> I always call it, where they keep the Torah scrolls, were designed by the son of Boris Schatz. Who, ah, Boris, who founded Betzalel. Yes, and you know how, how did he call his son? Betzalel. <laughs> ah, so really? they, yeah, so they I were designed by Betzalel. I didn't know actually. So is that I, the big uh, golden-looking door? Or is yeah, it a... the, the big entrance door of ah. the first. Uh, so th this is the guy at the entrance. He probably is, no, I haven't seen this guy for a long time, or I've maybe never. Maybe he totally forgot about me, which I I would understand. So he um, he said, you know, the door. <laughs> he was giving me like little hints. And he also showed me, I also forgot about the shofar that's really up high. I mean, there's a lot of things to, no, there's, to talk th about. No, there's a lot of hidden things. You have yes. to really yeah, yeah, yeah. search, search exactly. these things out. So um, so the I I rediscovered the four synagogues in the Old City. So it's nice because this is the Old City. There's always something hidden that's even we, that's, we come there all the time. It's like our house we uh, forget about or we didn't even know or you know like these doors i i, I didn't know so um, so that was my highlight of the week no oh, that's a great that's a, I, yes. and i would love to talk about the four the four Sephardi yes. synagogues yes. that would be a great we'll topic write it down. yeah okay yeah. so this week um, we have a topic that was really inspired by um, a visit that i made a few weeks ago during pesach passover you know, every year, my family, we when we find the time, we try and get the family together from the three corners of, of Israel. Um, I know you're saying four corners, yeah. but if you look at Israel, it's like, uh, it's kind of like, like three a triangle. Yeah. 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 So um, we try and get together and, and, and we actually started an annual trip where we go down to Mitzvah Ramon, down in the Negev to, um, to the Machtesh Ramon, the crater. Mm -hmm. And we called it the annual Levana trip because we started it with Levana. This year, we didn't make it. Um, um, I was working and only had a little time off. So we decided instead, because we were also invited for a barbecue at uh, Annie and her partner's house in Hadera, to ah. come to Hadera for a barbecue. And we were trying to think of what we could do uh, in or around Hadera. And I remembered that we had, did you go with us um, 
Shmuel uh, and Ava and I, I think it was either either of you, I always get you and Ava confused of yeah, who was with us at that particular time. look so much time. alike. <laughs> but we went into the Gador Reserve near Hadera. We mm. had uh, lunch up on the, the restaurant. Um, Olga's house? Olga's. Okay, uh, it's, no, that's I, Beit Hankin restaurant. My big regret. I didn't. So I don't think you were there. No, so I'm going to no. carry the load on this one because this, yes. this was great. I decided, you know what? We're going to go uh, trekking through the sand dunes uh, near Hadera in what is called the Gador um, Seaside Reserve, um, which we did, and it was very special. So I want to talk about it today. Nice. Yeah. It's very, very beautiful, no? It is. It's, yeah. uh, it's, um, so look, you know, Leontine's always talking about, in the last year that we've been doing this podcast, I think you've probably heard once, if you've heard a thousand times, about her favorite place is Nachsholim, yes, yes. Nachsholim Beach, uh, between Dor and Nachsholim, they have these hidden uh, kind of bays uh, mm. along the Mediterranean coast, and it's really beautiful. But there's another beautiful beach, I think, probably if not equal to, but certainly second to Nachsholim Beach, is the Gidor Seaside Reserve. Very beautiful beach. Um, uh, but the, the, the goal was to go to Hadera. So this, this is a beach. It's really the beach of, and the park, the reserve park of a city called Hadera. Hadera, um, is a little off the beaten path, even though it's right on highway two and highway four, which are the main highways, but people hardly ever get off mm -hmm. the highway at Hadera. You might get off to go to Pardeskana to the east. Mm hmm or to go a little bit further north to Zikronakov. Or Caesarea. Of course, you always go to Caesarea. Yes. Caesarea, which is just north of Hadera. And Hadera is wedged in between Caesarea, Caesarea, and Netanya to the south. Mm -hmm. So you have this, uh, today it's a beachfront um, community, but I, I, it wasn't always a beachfront community. Most of the cities, the, the modern cities of Israel, uh, along the coast weren't really on the coast. Uh, they were off the coast and yeah. the more ancient and older cities were definitely not on the coast because the coast coastline is shallow. It's uh, stormy in the winter and it wasn't a good place to build uh, a village or a town or even a city. But today, I think Hadera has discovered that they, you know, beachfront property is quite valuable. Mm. So they're now building up along the, the shore uh, condominiums and apartments and uh, beautiful homes, new modern homes. Uh, so it's becoming a nice seaside um, resort town community or even a bedroom community for Tel Aviv or Netanya or Haifa. So it's a beautiful place to go. And we discovered it during COVID. We, we got off the highway a few times and went there. We actually ate at the restaurant. There's a there's um, kind of a cove there for a little beach. Um, and on the, the, the mountaintop, the hilltop, because the, the beach has the sandy beach and then you have the cliffs, the rocky... I always Kurkar. I always say Karkur, Kurkar. Doesn't matter. I can't remember. What it's is it? It's like a Kurkar, I think you call it. It's like um, calcified sand. Uh, yes. Calcified sand. Yeah, yeah, sand? calcified yeah. sand. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. sand that's been coming from yeah. the Nile of Egypt for a long time, mm. uh, calcified and made ridges, made the ridges of our coast. Very like sharp stone. Like when you touch it, you, it's, it's sharp, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. So this whole area... Um, really the area of what we call the Sharon region from the North Tel Aviv up to almost Haifa um, is an area of this, this, these ridges, uh, mm. these cliffs. And so when you go south, a little bit south of the Hadera modern neighborhood, 
you come to a, a reserve, an area that's that's protected, and it's these beautiful sand dunes. It's sand dune after sand dune. You can you can get lost, and we did on this uh, this trip that we made a few weeks ago. We got lost in the sand dunes and walked with the with the the kids, uh, trying to find the the hidden the hidden beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you walk, you walk in and you go around and did you find them? Yes. Oh, of course you found, you, you come out of the cliffs of this, uh, uh, Kukar. uh, you walk down to the beach and it's just, it's, it's hidden by the cliffs and beautiful, mm. beautiful white sand, blue waters. And we had a wonderful, wonderful day. So it's a beautiful, I recommend it. I, I do. I recommend it as a place because it's not, it doesn't get very crowded. No. Um, and it's a beautiful area to hike the nature of the coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you swim in the sea also? Um, I didn't, mm. but uh, my granddaughter, Lavana loves the water. Mm. So she went into the sea uh, with her father, Yaakov. And I think Gabby stepped in a little bit and some of the girls went in and we hung out there for a couple of hours and then went and had a barbecue. Nice. Um, so it, it, it was great. I'll tell you what I would when I'm talking about it, I'm thinking what I would recommend mm-hmm. to listeners or visitors to Israel, even people that live in Israel. But, but if you're coming to visit, say you're, you're flying in and you're going to travel north, um, you might consider flying in, driving to Hadera, mm-hmm. to, the, to the seaside part of Hadera, and uh, staying in a hotel. They have a spa hotel there. Um, I saw the sign. It said it was a Jacob Hotel. The last time I went, it was a different name. Okay. But it's the it's the Hadera Seaside Spa Hotel. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, reasonably priced because it's off the beaten track. Mm. You go, you spend a, a night, and then the next morning, maybe day at the beach before you head off. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's for sure, it's probably less expensive than staying in Tel Aviv or... Uh, Herzliya or, or or even Natanya and um, and it, it is very beautiful it is also we talked about this place a few podcasts ago because they have um, electricity uh, central there like a factory you're talking about the big big towers yes uh, yes and uh, which they create hot water so in the winter we get your favorite fish there they have uh, sharks Uh, kind of uh, small sharks that I, swim I, around. I don't go near sharks. No. So I wouldn't know if they're <laughs> no. there or not. So that's, uh, but you only... know what's worse than sharks in that area? Uh, snakes. Barracuda. No, in the, in the sea. Ah, in the sea. Yeah, and I was always told that barracuda uh, don't like, uh, they like shiny things. So when, ah. I go in the, when I go in the water, I take off my rings. And ah, then, oh, all your rings that you're yeah. wearing, all your jewelry. Yeah. My, well, my, my engagement, <laughs> yeah. my... Uh, Wedding, my wedding, yeah, band. your wedding band, yes. So, um, and and so good, uh, Hadera. I we always, you and I, uh, the both, I think we always mix it up with Gadera that we talked about already, but it's Hadera. Uh, is um, was founded end of 1800s by, um, I think 10 youngsters that came there, they were part of the Hovivai Sion. Which uh, the lovers of Zion, which I think is a very beautiful. Uh, they were Eastern European, maybe even from the Baltic states. They came. They they settled there, but they were just ten, maybe in the beginning. Hadera or Hadera? Hadera, with the H A D D E R A. Hadera, the one that we're talking about. Why would you say Hadera? Hadera. I say Hadera. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, Let's say Hadera. But Annie, who is living in. 
Chadera says Chadera. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Annie is the specialist then. So let's say Chadera. I don't know about that. And, but they found it uh, Chadera. And um, they, um, it was land that was bought by Yehoshua Hankin. Because you talked about Olga a little bit earlier. Yehoshua Hankin was um, a Jewish man who uh, he came from Russia, I think he was Russian, mm-hmm. uh, in the 1800s, bought a lot of land uh, from um, landowners that actually didn't live here, but that lived in uh, what is Lebanon today. And he, he is the one who bought uh, the lands, uh, whereas Hadera, Hadera today. And um, That's ironic because yes. it's either he or Olga, his wife, <coughs> came from Gadera, if I remember correctly. Yes, true. Yes, Gadera yes. became Chadera. Yes, exactly. And they, um, uh, so he bought the land, and then uh, there, wa- there were a lot of swamps there um, because of the Korkar that we talked about earlier. All the water that came from the, the hills on the eastern side of Chadera uh, got uh, stuck by the, the, the hard Korkar ground and then couldn't continue into the sea. So he had a lot of uh, swamps. And so half of the people that moved to uh, Hadera, they actually died of malaria. So it was not a very, very pleasant place to live. I think that the the Zionist movement brought uh, immigrant workers there from Egypt, I read somewhere, and they dug uh, channels so that the water could flow into the sea so that there would be less uh, swamps. And, um, uh, well, today it's a city with, did you know that, with almost 100,000 people living there. Yeah, most, so, uh, it, grew, it grew mostly, I think, in the <coughs> uh, more recent years, like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Ethiopians um, and Russians. When you had a large uh, immigration of Russians and Ethiopians in the 90s, yeah. uh, they settled in, in Hadera. Okay, okay. And can you talk to me about Olga's restaurant? Just to uh, yes, finish Yes, because you, know, you know the sad, the it's food. sad because I went looking for it um, when I was there a few weeks ago. Not that I thought it was going to be open on Passover, but um, and it, I was sad to, to discover. It's closed? It's closed. Oh. Uh, some say permanently, but we'll see. So Olga was the wife of uh, Yehoshua Hankin yeah. that you were just talking about. Um, and um, Yehoshua will build two houses for his wife, Olga. One is in Chadera, um, on the, and I'm now, now that you remind me, it's because he, he was um, part of creating um, Chadera. Mm-hmm. But there was one big, big hill on the sea that he built uh, their home, and uh. they lived in, in Chadera that became... Uh, I don't know if it's called Olga's restaurant or if it's, uh, it might even be called Beit Hankin yeah. uh, restaurant. Uh, we went there with uh, Shmuel and you're telling me it wasn't you, so yeah, it, it must have been Ava. And I heard the food was amazing. You go down to the mm. beach. It's, it's it, The only thing about it was, it was the food was delicious. It was uh, fish and it was a kosher dairy restaurant. So it had fish and pasta and salads. And when you go go into the cove, into the area of the beach, you have to, you look up and you see at the top of the hill, this restaurant just sitting on a, on the cliff, uh, almost like a lighthouse. And then you look and you see how you get up there is just by these stairs. So you ah. gotta, you gotta climb these stairs way up to the top. And, um, so I, I, I imagine for people with physical challenges would be, uh, cause there wasn't an elevator, mm-hmm. but we had a wonderful lunch there. Um, and so I was sad to, to hear that that it's closed at the present time. I think they didn't make it through um, 
COVID. Through COVID. Uh, okay. And, and then, we went we yeah. went there during COVID and they were open. So they were yeah, open during exactly. COVID and yeah. now they post COVID they're not okay. They're not open. Okay. And then Hunking, yes, he did build a second house yeah. for him and his wife in the Jezreel Valley. He's also called the Redeemer of the um, uh, Jezreel Valley. So Joshua Hankin, note down, another topic that we'll talk about. Um, and he and his wife are actually buried right below where their house used to be. Um, but the, so this is all, these are all great reasons to visit, right? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's, I, I, and that's why I want to talk about it because I think it's one yeah. of those kind of hidden off the beaten track. Uh, people don't really go there and I think it's wonderful and you're not far from Ale the Alexander river, mm -hmm. uh, the McMort beach. And you can go and you can watch in that area. You can watch the turtles. Yes. So, so it's uh, a yeah, special. And birds in the, and yeah. And birds and fish. And yeah. So. Thank you, Alan. It was I a good idea it. to bring me there. I love that site. Yeah. So, all right. So the question this week from Tony. Yeah. Um, from Germany. Yeah. And Tony wanted to know um, if there's any, um, um, if there's any markers that tell you um, when you're entering one quarter from another quarter of the four quarters of the old city of Jerusalem. So mm. I think the, the way you told me the question was, are there borders from one uh, of quarter of to the another. four quarters to yeah. the other quarter? Exactly. Good question, Tony. So uh, yes, the old city has four quarters, the Muslim quarter, Christian quarter, Jewish quarter, and Armenian quarter. That is also Christian, by the way. Uh, and uh, you navigate freely in between the four quarters. There's no checkpoint, no border control, no. Now you can, if you, you learn a little bit more about the old city, you can see in which quarter you are, because each quarter is quite different and there is a reason for it. And when we are guiding you, we will explain it to you why these quarters are different. But there are no uh, borders. There are uh, a few times, uh, actually three to be exact, times that you do go, go through a checkpoint and that is when you go to the western wall or the whaling wall, depending on how you want to call it, which is a very um, important holy place for Jews. It is going to the wall that was uh, part of the wall surrounding the Temple Mount. There is a checkpoint, but that is not to go into the Jewish quarter, but that is just to go to the area where the whaling wall is just to make sure that people don't go there with um, arms or guns or knives or whatever that's 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 it um there is one only one point where uh on friday evening and saturday so on shabbat they close a gate in um, between the Muslim and the Jewish quarter. But that is actually just because there are a lot of um, art galleries and shops that sell uh, silverware and, I don't know, golden calabra, calabras for... Calabras? Candelabra. Candelabras for Shabbat and things like that. So they close it because you cannot go shop there anyway because it's Shabbat, everything is closed. So that part is closed, I think, just to avoid that people go and break into the shops. But otherwise, the rest of the week, you just uh, go from one area to another and you see Jews crossing the Muslim quarter and Muslims crossing the Jewish and Christian quarter. I mean, it's um, all free and open. Yeah, but you really, you really, when you're walking in the old city, you don't, you, you wouldn't know 
that you stepped over a line or you stepped over a certain street or there's no marker to show you no. you went from one quarter to the other. Unless you have you, a guide you really to have to be with you. a tour guide. Yes. You know, we know. Yeah, exactly. Just just come with us and we'll, we'll show you which quarter. I also, I tell people, one way you, you can just tell, you can tell by the, the dress, the way people are dressed when you go from one quarter to the next quarter. But even then it becomes, it's not so clear. But uh, no, and there's a, a, sto- a history and a story about every quarter. Once you know the history and the story, then you kind of recognize where you are. But again, um, no borders. Sounds good. Right. Great question. Uh, good episode. Lantine, have a great week. You Everybody, too. we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.